1: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can
2: we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning. Good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Command Center Man Cave. Everyone needs one of these in the Meldon Law Studio in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. God's Country. And it really looks like today is gonna to be one of those days that people up north just cannot wait to get to. We're gonna have a nice warm spring, early spring warm up. Um, the cattle have their heads on the grass, which is always a good sign. I see some green shoots out there. And if we don't get any more freeze or frost, we'll be off and running with brand new pasture, freshly dragged. There is, that's a little lesson today from the cattle ranch here. Um, I want to thank uh, all the uh, sponsors, of course, today and the donors who are helping us bring this show. As you know, uh, YouTube has their heel on our throat uh, because we just don't seem to be able to uh, stop violating their community standards, which basically is to say anything whatsoever, even a whisper about the election or any election for that matter, because the show they took down uh, and put us in time out for. For a couple of weeks was uh, you know not even about the national elections about the local election heavily documented as you know and already uh, signed off on by F D L E now in the meantime we're posting to awardscottfiles.com using Vimeo and Vimeo we still got a couple of glitches in so if you're looking for a yesterday's show which would be the 15th 16th show February 16, it's not there yet uh, because of a glitch. Production is working on that. We'll get that up. And we're certainly going to get up, to. And by that I mean get up, posted today's show because there are a lot of people very interested in what we're about to go into great detail on today. Uh, there uh, is always the limitations of the television. Uh, they have a certain coverage of what I'm about to talk about. And of course, the Gainesville sunset, I haven't seen a peep about um, anything we're going to talk about. So we're going to develop a uh, the show today with a lot of documentation and a narration by yours truly, who goes back in this community in the 1961 and is carrying around in his soul, his head, his heart, a lot of the stories of the whole community that I actually lived and experienced either in primary Uh, experience or secondary experience that's what we refer to as experience in poetry Uh, primary experience is where you have that experience through your very own senses you touch the water you smell the uh, cooking you felt the wind and then poetry tries to reverse that with great use of language and give you that as a secondary experience which then you absorb and it becomes a vicarious primary I hope that's not too heavy for you all we are going to talk about, and I'm calling today's show, the Task Force Update. Uh, this task force has got uh, some strange things about it, and uh, we know there are a lot of people interested in it, and there's a lot of people interested in two or three stories that we've been covering here locally. So for those of you who like intrigue and mystery, stay here with us because it's going to be quite a, a little tale that we're going to try to present to you in a fashion that will at least hold your interest and perhaps actually um, help you understand some things. The first I wanna start with is um, a a, a, a piece that ran today on, uh, and I understand late last night, but I saw it early this morning on WCJB and production has told me uh, they can can put that clip up for you. And it's of the uh, chief investigator uh, of the state attorney uh, talking to a reporter about what? I mean, I have a little bit of trouble understanding what he's saying, but uh, I won't prejudice your ear anymore. And uh, if uh, uh, when production gives me the high sign, uh, we will run that, and then I'll comment on it. And we're ready to run that. This is Derry Lloyd uh, trying to explain, and you explain to me what he's trying to explain. Let me see
0: it, please, sir. Once been close partners. Now, TV20
2: first reported about Alachua County Sheriff Clovis Watson pulling deputies off of special task forces. It's a decision that the state attorney officials say led to ASO not
3: being considered for a new violent crimes team. TV20's Earl Flood shares the sheriff's response. Alachua County Sheriff Clovis Watson addressed the agency being left off of a new 8th Judicial Circuit special task force in two letters sent to the state attorney's office.
1: So now what we're doing is moving.
3: The first letter to state attorney Brian Kramer asks for a 72-hour notice of task force activities within Alachua County. The next asks Kramer 15 questions about the team's logistics and policies if ASO were to join. In early February, Watson pulled ASO deputies off various task forces. This influenced Kramer initially to not invite ASO.
1: When you had a series of, of violence, gun violence included, dealing with our youth, and that's where those conversations started. And since that time, we were, you know, we, we have relationships, and this is a furthering relationship to make sure we address the concerns that we're seeing and not repeat the level of violence that we've seen.
3: Lloyd says ASO, along with other law enforcement agencies within the 8th Judicial Circuit, are welcome to join. To read both letters sent to Kramer's office, head to our website, WCJB.com. Reporting in the newsroom, Ruel Flood.
2: All right, you just uh, listened to a piece done there by the Channel 20 reporter. And in particular, uh, you heard Derry Lloyd, the chief investigator for the state attorney, talk. And uh, I got to tell you, I don't really understand what he's talking about. Uh, We'll give you a second shot at it. We'll run it one more time. Then I will go into the story behind this story. And heck, after I'm finished, we may even have to let you listen to him one more time to see if you can understand what he's talking about. Let's run this uh, tape one more time, please, production. And then I will go into the story behind the story.
3: initially to not invite ASO.
0: When you had a series of, of violence, gun violence included, dealing
1: with our youth, and that's where those conversations started. And since that time, we were, you know, we, we have relationships and this is a furthering relationship to make sure we address the concerns that we're seeing and not repeat the level of violence that we've seen.
3: Lloyd says ASO along with other law enforcement agencies within the 8th Judicial Circuit are welcome to join. To read both letters sent to office head to our website wcjb.com reporting in the newsroom Ruel flood tv
2: 20- all right all right well the second time is not any more clear to me than the first time particularly given what i know and so i'm going to begin to uh, try to explain to you what this gentleman is trying to explain and uh, if you want to give me a comment on the screen or i'll see it or the Melton Law hotline 352-325-3938 sends me a text message, if you don't want anybody to see the question you ask. Now, Derry Lloyd is a chief investigator for uh, Brian Kramer, who's the state attorney. Brian Kramer is a Republican. He was elected to this office unopposed when Bill Cervone retired, and uh, Bill Cervone was a Republican. So, as I remember, and anyway, I know Brian is a Republican, and, and, um, and Brian Kramer has moved. I guess he was not the chief chief investigator on Shabone. but anyway, for Brian Kramer, uh, Derry Lloyd is the chief investigator. Now let's back up and run next. Uh, the press release of that came out, and when I, I want to put it up on the screen is what I want to do. We don't run it. Can we put that press release on the screen production? Okay, in five seconds, we'll have, we're will have. we gonna take our time and walk you through this. This is the press release that came out, and we'll, when I get the high sign, there it is. And I want you to notice something about this press release that is, to my eye even, strange. Now, here we have a press release from the Office of the State Attorney of the Eighth Judicial Circuit. Great job, great job there, production. And if you'll notice, State Attorney Brian Kramer, comma, this is where you need to perk up and do some thinking, Interim City of Gainesville manager Cynthia Curry. Now let me talk to you about why that's important as we go through the rest of the people in that press release, which includes acting Gainesville Police Chief Lonnie Scott. He's an interim. University Police Chief Linda Stump Koenig and agents from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and the Florida Highway Patrol. Now you may not notice this being a civilian but in this press release the only one listed there who is not sworn who is not a sworn law enforcement officer is interim City of Gainesville manager Cynthia Curry. This is odd. Let me tell you for sure, this is odd. The others are sworn. That is a big word in law enforcement. Are you sworn? That makes a whole lot of difference. Now, you would think, and I've checked this out with my resources and my research team, and thank you, research team, for providing documents for me. And conversations it 's more than passing strange that on, not only you would have a city
0: manager of a city on a task force that goes into other counties it's
2: even more strange stranger that it is an interim city manager. Now you have to remember the city manager serves at the mercy of a majority vote on the goofball Gainesville City Commission. As do Lonnie Scott, but not Police Chief Linda Stump-Kernick and the unnamed agents from the other agencies. So when you jump down to the third paragraph, this multi-agency and we really don't know uh, a lot about the other agencies in this press release, in cooperation with the state attorney. Now, what really has happened here is that state attorney has bonded these Gainesville police force and the university police force to tread, as a word will appear in a document I'm going to show you, Tread into the territory of other sovereign police districts. More than passing strange. More than passing strange. It's called a unification of Gainesville's law enforcement agencies and the Eighth Judicial S- Circuit. But what it does is it usurps the autonomy of the other law enforcement agencies. This is not in the press release. Brian Kramer was my student. I thought I taught him to write better than this. This is very vaguely poorly written. It's not clear, but it might be okay for the average consumer of public information probably you won't even know about this press release. Because this press release is what media other than myself would sort of take and cherry pick from and make a news story out of. I'm not that way. I look at this, I scrutinize it, and I take a look and things don't seem to add up. There's too many variables in here at first blush even, to form a task force of this type of
0: authority, you would think. Now, upon seeing this
2: press release, the, of course, uh, the uh, sheriff had a reply, and we showed you the reply, that uh, uh he ensued he said uh and i'll read it to you i'll read it to you again and we're going to post all these documents on Hop bulletin board this came, now notice that press release came out uh, let's take a look at the time uh that, that that press release came out if it it doesn't give you the time okay interesting but upon uh, a, a friday afternoon uh, the sheriff learned from this press release, which is media coverage, that the state attorney had convened a special task force in Lachua County, and the sheriff was not included. And we have that letter. And the sheriff uh, says, uh, uh, I would like to know uh, uh, the, the following inform- uh, information before you go forward with this. Please uh, allow me to. Uh, for your task force outside the city limits of Gainesville file your operations plan no later than 72 hours in advance uh, with ACSO. And the reason for this is you don't want an unintentional, get this for example, here Kramer sends GPD cops out to, let's say, Gilchrist County, which is Sheriff Bobby Schultz's territory. And let's say uh, there's something that blows up out there and Bobby Schultz doesn't know that these agents are out there and answers this blown up scene and his deputies, not knowing who these other guys are, ends up in a, hey, maybe shooting one of them, mistakenly, or I'll give you another possibility in a minute. But the first one has already happened to GPD. And let me go over that with you uh, right now. A lot of people around here like me who've been here for quite a while, remember this uh, vividly. And that has to do with a young man whom I knew. In fact, I knew all the principals in this by the name of Shannon Stevenson, a GPD police officer, who on June 15th, 1980, was accidentally and unintentionally killed by a fellow officer who was a personal friend of mine and a lot of people, and I knew Shannon very well, and killed because of a lack of communication at a blown up heavy duty firefight scene, mistaken identity, lack of communication, one GPD officer, Shot another one and killed him. That's June fifteenth, nineteen eighty. The deceased name is Shannon Stevenson. Now let's talk about what has been set up by Kramer here. Let's suppose, let's suppose that these task force officers and they're bonded under Kramer, okay, to go into other law enforcement jurisdictions, all right? Let's suppose that these GPD bonded under Kramer officers on a drug bust, allegedly, or it blows up, kills a George Floyd-type individual. One of those officers kills, let's just use the George Floyd example, a black male in a
0: drug bust gone bad, that killing, shooting would be, would it not, assigned to the very state attorney who bonded the men who shot the victim. Now, if I were an advisor to Brian Kramer,
2: I would say, "Uh, Mr. Kramer, I don't think you want to put yourself in this position. You don't want to form a task force where you bond Gainesville cops and allow them to go anywhere in the 8th Judicial Circuit hunting the bad guys. Because if they hunt a bad guy and something blows up in the court of public opinion, you're going to be the one responsible for
0: it because you bonded them and you sent them. And now, what are you going to do? Try them? Prosecute them? Have you thought of this? Has this crossed your mind? Oh, it would never happen. Oh, really? How about Shannon Stevenson? That was GPD within GPD. What if you have GPD? within the city of Olachua? What if you have GPD within the city of Newberry? What if you have GPD in Gilchrist County? Are you kidding me? Do you really want to put yourself in this situation?
2: Now, I don't know how old Brian Kramer was in 1980.
0: But in law enforcement, he certainly would know about this. But it might not have passed his mind. It might not have occurred to him that this could even happen. You have to be prepared
2: for the worst case scenarios. You can't be caught like this, not aware of all the contingency things that could go on. So the letter that the sheriff writes to Kramer, anticipates the possibility of a Shannon Stevenson
0: event. Does it not? Because the sheriff, who was also my writing student, and I'll let you judge which one's writing better, is asking, listen, if you're going to do this, you're the state attorney. You can do it, but you better let me know
2: what you're doing, where you're doing it, when you're doing it, so that I can do what I
0: need to do to keep somebody from accidentally shooting somebody who's in law enforcement. Or, hey, we're not going to go out there and be involved in
2: somebody you, GPD, people bonded under you may shoot and kill. And I'm using the example of George Floyd because it's a very well-known example where the police got involved with a minority and don't think that wouldn't explode in the court of public opinion. If I were the state attorney, I would have myself at arm's length from that because I may have to try it. Should it happen? God forbid. Well, There is another letter that the information that the the research team got me. And let's see if we can put that one up there now. um, uh, Please um, production.
0: It is the it is the Lonnie Scott letter. Okay, now here. Yeah, and
2: let's tip it down. Can we get just a little bit more of the top part of it, please? Because I want them to see that's to Joel De It's not to Clovis Watson Jr. Okay, now see the date there, my
0: friends. Monday of February fourteenth, uh, Lonnie Scott sent
2: this to Joel De But on Friday at four
0: sixteen, he sent it to Derry Lloyd. So it hasn't been seen yet until the Monday, and it was sent to an under deputy, Joel DeCorsi. He's not the sheriff, and
2: it says Brian A. Kramer and Chief Stump during a meeting I had with Clover Clason yesterday. He advised me that's pretty bad writing, but anyway, he advised me that he was open to participating. Open to participating. <laughs> okay. In this task force, uh, Sheriff Watson stated that he might assign one or two people to the task force. Consequently, if you are in agreement, I believe it would be prudent to extend a rip- prudent. It would be prudent, It'd Be prudent. I'm thinking about that. What, what do you what do you mean? Cover your, your derriere? What, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? See, it doesn't mention any of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about. Uh, a written invitation, and I believe this will help addressing officer safety issues. There we go. That might arise as a result of lack of communications with separate units conducting covert activities in the same jurisdiction. Okay? That is the Shannon Stevenson
0: event. All right? Now, Kramer writes a letter back and
2: extends a kind of uh, um, a a lame sort of uh, invitation to join. Do we have that one um,
0: production? Yes. Dear Sheriff, thank you so much for your letter. This is like some kind of
2: reply to a Christmas card, I guess. Uh, uh, Thank you so much for your letter uh, regarding deconfliction protocols for special task force operations. I have forwarded your letter to the commander of the task force.
0: Who is that commander? Wouldn't you give the sheriff the decency of naming the commander? Are we to assume with
2: Derry Lloyd, the guy who just talked a moment ago as if he had marbles in his mouth?
0: I appreciate your support and concern for officer safe. I appreciate. Oh, what? We will all work together to ensure safe and effective operations.
2: We'll all work together. Come on, dude. Come on now. Here is a real butt kissing line. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank you for your
0: leadership and service to the community. That's not the issue, dude. And the rest of it is more of that fluff. Do you see the fluff in there? I'd be
2: honored. I'd be honored. No you wouldn't. No you wouldn't. You've been forced to do this. I realize that the logistics and conditions may require discussion. Come on. Okay, when he gets that letter, uh, mind you I taught both these guys writing, Uh, we get a reply uh, from uh, Clovis Watson And I think we'll take a break. And that'd be a nice little dramatic time to take. We're at the bottom of the hour and thank our sponsors. And when we get back, I'll give you the sheriff's reply to Kramer's fluff
0: letter. Okay, let's do that. Can we do that, production? Take a break. And then we come back. We're going to display
2: the sheriff's reply, which is an invitation to Eighth Circuit SAO special. Got that one ready? Okay, let's go to break, and then we come back, we'll play that. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files Premium Sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, r and Construction, Gators, Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us.
0: If
3: your brains
1: were lard, you couldn't grease a small
3: frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people.
1: Actung, actung. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. mach schnell. At Warthog... He he's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't.
0: Help me. Help. Help.
1: And Cornell, known as the thin-skinned water boy, and Cornell, known as Mini Mike, and Cornell wears elevator shoes. And Cornell, he just wants to be like.
0: What we've got here is failure to communicate.
2: All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files in the um, Warthog Command Center in the Melton Law Studio. 352-325-3938 if you want to send me a message while I'm on the air here. Or if you're chatting with me, I can look over here and take a look at it. Um, any phone calls to my number, I'm not answering. So um, I just want to explain that ahead of time. Um, Yes, uh, Jim Riff, you're right. Uh, GPD now, according to this bonding, has county and judicial circuit arrest authority and jurisdiction while the city's paying for county law enforcement consolidation under the state attorney. That's basically what it is trying to be, is it not an unofficial consolidation move? Um, uh, so I um, appreciate it. I hope everything is uh, coming through clear for you. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the questions you've got. Um, I will take a look at them I'll try to answer them. Um, So um, now let's put the letter up that is a reply to uh, the Honorable Brian Kramer's fluff letter. And you'll notice that, thank you very much, thank you very much. Uh, This is a uh, reply that was uh, uh, written uh, February 16th, which was just yesterday. And I want to thank all the research team for supplying me with these documents. this is the only place where you can get a real thorough analysis of this. Uh, it's not going to occur unless I write an article about it. And I'm, the only reason I'm really interested in this, I mean, since I know both the fellas involved, um, and one's a Republican, one's a Democrat, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking sides with the fellas. I'm taking sides with the public. The public needs to be protected, and the public needs to understand the tentacles that I see woven through of this. Uh, uh, task force. Uh, it involves the interim city manager, no doubt. It involves uh, uh, mysterious relationships uh, among uh, the GPD police department. I just want to also tell you that there is a and I'm, I'm once again, I'm the historian here, the resident historian, if you will. Um, Tony Jones and uh, Derry Lloyd have a unique relationship. Uh, it spans back to the days of uh, Derry Lloyd when he was an explorer. And this relationship is not unlike, uh, since uh, this young man was also an explorer, a relationship that Tony Jones had with one Carlos Barti. Now, Carlos Barti, and you can go back and uh, take a look at this uh, document. We've researched it. Uh, It was in the public domain. It was written uh, about extensively. Carlos Barty was an explorer who had a unique relationship with Tony Jones, who began to tip off uh, drug dealers. uh, And the only way that Carlos Barty could have known uh, the things that were about to happen, it was reasoned that he knew these because of the unique relationship he had with Tony Jones. And uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the person that, uh, uh, I have it in my notes here somewhere, that uh, uh, Carlos Barty uh, got involved with in 1987 was a drug, drug suspect by the name of Anthony Lezier L-A-Z-I-E-R. So for somebody like me, who's been around this community for a long time, when I see that Derry Lloyd is the chief investigator of a drug task force, and I remember Carlos Barti tipping off drug dealers, you know, I just, it runs past my memory screen, okay? So, and it runs past a lot of other people's memory screen in this community. So I will assure you that uh, perhaps, perhaps, I don't know, Brian Kramer may not even know about these unique relationships, but the letter back here is what would have to happen in order to, for the sheriff to get involved. Now, you remember the fluff letter. Let me go back to the fluff letter. Um, that uh, we just shared with you. And it was, uh, you know, geez, you're a nice guy kind of letter. And we, we, we appreciate you. Uh, uh, here it is. Um, uh, uh, you know, leadership and your service and all that stuff. You know, that's not the issue. Here is the issue. And Watson lists all these things. At a minimum, he needs to know the following. What is the scope and purpose of the task force under Florida Statute 27.251? What agencies are participating, were invited, or were notified upon launch of this task force? And what is their current and anticipated level of participation?
0: These are things that Kramer should have provided the sheriff in his fluff letter. Wouldn't you think?
2: What is your deconfliction protocol? You know, I'm not going to read every one of these things. You can see it. What is your use of force policy? A use of force policy came up repeatedly and is coming up right now in the trials
0: of the Minneapolis police. And the use of force policy in Minneapolis taught Minneapolis
2: police to put a knee on the neck. What are you going, are you, you know, obviously the ghost in these questions is the task, is the SWAT team sent to Collier
0: International. That's the ghost in this letter. There are several ghosts. There is the ghost of Shannon Stevenson. There is the ghost of Carlos Barti. There is the ghost of the SWAT team sent to Collier International. The public, like me, knows of these ghosts. All right? So what is your use of force policy? Is
2: it going to be the SWAT team, the GPD SWAT team in Gilchrist County? Is it going to be the GPD SWAT team
0: in Alachua County outside the city limits of Gainesville? That SWAT team is governed by an appointed interim police chief. The sheriff is a constitutionally elected law enforcement officer. How many units are you fielding? Where are you basing their operations? What resources do you possess?
2: And on, will task force investigators be issued state attorney equipment? What reporting, you know, it goes on. These are questions. These are items that should have been, you would
0: think, provided to the sheriff by, in the fluff letter. Let's go over to page two, please, production.
2: If we can scroll down on page two. There we go. What communication radio system will you participate in across the six counties? Hey, once again, the ghost of Shannon Stevenson. The ghost of Shannon Stevenson. What communication system are you going to use? In 1980,
0: GPD used its own communication system poorly. What are your procedures for special investigators into this task force? All kinds of, 15 questions here.
2: I let you look at. We're going to post this on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. Every one of these documents we will post on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board at wardscottfiles.com. And then the final paragraph and we're in the sheriff reiterates that this task force was announced in the media. We see
0: it in the press release. But the sheriff never was notified. If you look at the letter between
2: that Lonnie Scott sends to Kramer, to, I mean sends to Derry Lloyd, whom you have to assume is the task force commander,
0: he says maybe you ought to extend an invitation, right? That is after the press release. And in this this paragraph, the sheriff calls it like it is. He says he was
2: blindsided. He did not even receive a copy of the press release. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? That he did not even receive. What is going on here, pray tell? Tell me what is going on.
0: It looks like the Keystone cops at the state attorney's office. It's what it looks like to me. Bumbling and stumbling around
2: to appease liberal commissioners because what they say in the press release is we're going to go after a violent crime. Why don't you go after violent crime in the city that you police? It becomes a question that is appropriate for the public to ask, is it not? You haven't tamped that down. That's 14% up.
0: Why? Don't you address that crime. Why are you going? This befuddles me. This befuddles me. I'm just, I'm just uh, hoping, I'm looking at the comments here. Armando is, Grundy Gomez is right. The chief investigator...
2: Has never been a corporal, never been a sergeant, never been a lieutenant in law enforcement. And yet he's going to command, you know, can you imagine that'd be, that'd be like sending an enlisted man out to,
0: to command General Patton. So. I'm listening to comments. I'm looking at things flash up on the screen. In summary of this part of the show, there are three ghosts in the room. One, Shannon Stevenson, God rest his soul. Pray for his family, his children. Two, is the task force heavy-handed use and white-collar crime of a civil matter done, evidently, with the blessing of this GPD state attorney relationship. And the ghost of Carlos Barti whose unique relationship with Tony Jones led to drug dealers being tipped off, that the good guys were chasing, is the story that's been circulated in the community and the papers. So, let me just look at a couple comments here. I don't know if the city
2: legal insurance covers and defends tort suits against officers for actions. A great question.
0: Obviously, somebody very knowledgeable. Uh, Ray Stern says, "Can you imagine the lack of deconfliction, especially if you have plainclothes officers from different districts?" Bumping into each other, particularly in the night, and I sit on the uh, crime prevention board, on the uh, uh, the uh, crime stoppers board, and we hear stories that are, and uh, we cover this area, and we have officers
2: from other areas sitting on our board. And there is plenty of room for problems and mistakes.
0: How will task force members from multiple agencies communicate
2: with each other? Uh, That's one of the questions, Jim Murphy, that the sheriff asked in his uh, bulleted response. And the sheriff has not agreed, of course, uh, to any of uh, the fluff invitation by Kramer. Um, before the sheriff could ever agree to that, he would have to have Kramer
0: answer all 15 of those questions. Who You wonder if you can. So I'm just giving a few moments here for some questions are coming
2: in. I'm looking at them. You can also... Uh, reach me on the Melton Law hotline and the uh, Melon Law studio with the Warthog Command Center here uh, 352-325-3938 and let me back up and say that all I am doing is providing information for the public to make up their mind uh, the public may be perfectly satisfied with this or the public may not know a thing about it but there's very little way the public could know about it based upon uh, the information you've gotten the way you've gotten it. I wanna double back now, production, if you will, please. And let's go back and run uh, Derry Lloyd's story again. And now that I've given this documentation, compare my documentation and my questions, and all I'm doing is asking questions to the explanation provided by the chief investigator of the state attorney's office, Derry Lloyd, who uh, has this unique relationship with Tony Jones way back to the days when he was an explorer.
3: The next asked Kramer fifteen questions about the team's logistics and policies if ASO were to join. In early February, Watson pulled ASO deputies off various task forces. This influenced Kramer initially to not invite ASO.
1: When you had a series of, of violence, gun violence included, dealing with our youth. And that's where those conversations started. And since that time, we were, you know, we we have relationships and this is a furthering the relationship to make sure we address the concerns that we're seeing and not repeat the level of violence that we've seen.
3: Lloyd says ASO, along with other law enforcement agencies within the 8th Judicial Circuit, are welcome to join. To read both letters sent to Kramer's office, head to our website, WCJB.com. Reporting in the newsroom, Ruel Flood.
2: All right, welcome, welcome back, welcome back. We ran that. Now you can compare the information, public information officer, if you will, I guess, since he comes forth and says it, Uh, As an explanation of what's going on to the documented thank you research team members for providing me with these documents, Uh, the documents I provided to really give you the story behind the story behind the story, because there are several layers of stories going back uh, to 1980 at least with the uh, unfortunate situation with the GPD officer, all the way up to the relationship of the former police chief with uh, Carlos Barty, all the way up to the relationship, uh, unique relationship of um, Lloyd through Explorers with Jones, and then uh, uh, Jones no longer being the chief, Bonnie Scott being an interim chief, then having an interim manager, and then factoring in all of the interference, if you will, uh, that the boy named Lauren and um, all the others could get involved with and, and uh, uh, be it, you know, whatever contribution they're going to make. And then imagine the consternation of someone like yours truly or anybody else who simply wants to be able to call up and have a policeman come and, and uh, uh, get the, uh, keep, keep the guy from t- taking your car or holding a gun on you at Walmart or, you know, the average thing that every pedestrian wants uh, from the police force to start with. Um, there has been a woeful, inadequate uh, type of uh, ability to do that here. Factor in furthermore uh, that these uh, police forces particularly, uh, uh, and ASO is not really an exception, nor is any that I know of, uh, desperate for for people to sign up to be policemen. Um, There there are all sorts of things going on in the public that are Uh, anti-police. We had the former sheriff here, march in the black lives matter parade uh and the black lives matters is ab- publicly advocated uh, do, uh doing you know uh, aggressively let's say it that way confronting the police and um so you're not going to get anywhere uh that way because those people who already it's a tough job uh i wrote about it and published it on my website here uh i sent it to Gainesville sun they said it, it's just too long for them. Uh, I just did a ride-along, an average ride-along, and an average night and what it requires of an average night or day of, an, of, of a police work. Not That was really, when I rode along, was several years ago and it was before all the anti-cop stuff ramped up and you know all the voluminous sort of anti-material appeared in the press and all that. and became so heavily politicized um, and now it's much, much worse. I mean, you go where angels fear to tread if you want to do the job. So uh, I suppose uh, if you look at the verbiage of the fluff letter, all of this was thoughtful. They thought it'd be a well-received effort. They thought it'd be really neat. I mean, we can appease and satisfy uh, the, the frustration of the public I can make a big press release and I can say, boy, we're really gonna go after uh, violent crime or we're gonna go after and they leave out all the details. Remember, the details are what tell the story. And when you see writing that omits details, then one of two things is happening. And I'm your writing professor, I'll give you this advice. When you see writing that omits details, now it's pretty clear from what I'm seeing on the responses here, If you compare and contrast Watson's letter to Kramer's letter, one letter is vastly absent of detail and the other letter is filled with detail. So when we as writing instructors see something that is missing details, one of two things is happening. It's either badly written or there's some kind of cover up that really the writer doesn't want to share. Uh, there's not too many other possibilities that can happen. Um, when you make an abstraction out of the particular, uh, then you uh, destroy the particular. So if you, if you, uh, if you, uh, if you hear such verbs as, uh, uh, as uh, well, I, he indicated to me. Well, how did he indicate to you? Did he hit you in the head and say, pay attention? Did he talk to you? Did he write to you? How did he quote unquote indicate to you? When you hear language like we indicated to me, well, there's a cover up. There's a cover up of what specifically happened. Because verbs are very powerful in our language. Uh, They can really nail it down. Just for the action of moving a body with two legs, we can say he meandered, he wandered, he teetered, he stumbled. Uh, he skipped, you know, there are so many verbs. It's the strongest part of the sentence in English because of all the different nuances we can convey with them. And some of them are very specific and some of them are very, very uh, abstract. And um, you want to, if you're trying to write to be clear, then you want to write using verbs at say precisely what you mean. Um, so, um, it's interesting from the point of view, and I'm examining all this material primarily from the point of view of a writing professor who asks questions. Uh, I'm, I'm just asking questions. And the questions I'm asking, I may or may not get an answer to. Uh, and I don't know why. Either the writers are very bad or naive or inexperienced or they're up, they're up to something. And uh, I guess time will tell. Uh, we'll see how this uh, gets dis- uh, distributed through the community. Remember, uh, uh, you need to share the conversation uh, with your network because this is a community issue. It's not a Ward Scott Files issue. We'll uh, cover other things than this, but it is a story that uh, has been really heavily presented to me and, uh, through uh, all sorts of interesting uh, facets of, of, of people on the research team. Um, retired police officers uh, 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 that's about as far as I'll go. I'm not going to go into all the ones who've been uh, talking about all this uh, and are concerned about it. Um, The bottom line is yes everybody is concerned with particularly the young people with guns shooting each other primarily over drug deals and uh, it has gotten worse and worse uh, and there doesn't seem to be any effective solution for it. It's a complicated issue. I suppose the intention here was a very good, uh, but it was not very well thought out. At least in this stage, it's not very well thought out. And perhaps it needs to be rethought, recast. I offer this show in a spirit of contribution. Uh, what my, I've presented to the gentlemen, Kramer and Watson, uh, is my contribution to clarity. Uh, would you like to clarify? Would you like to explain? Would you like to write it in such a way that the average guy can understand it? And, and uh, certainly uh, that's not necessary if you, you want to discount this criticism. But the criticism I've offered, uh, I believe is very valid and you'll be ultimately uh, the one who finds it helpful. Uh, but it might be ignored. It, it might be and it might, you know, it, I hear things that are said uh, from, uh, uh, but I don't I don't repeat them. I mean, you know, I'm used to being, uh, you know, having a, um, you, know, if, you know, i me mean, call it all sorts of names. Let's put it that way. And I don't mind. It. I don't mind. it. It's fine with me. Uh, there's an interesting uh, 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 hearing coming up in a moment. I'm just going to briefly talk about it. I'm going to sign off a little bit early because I want to participate in it. Uh, There's an attempt going on right now to get one Ken Cornell to under oath to be deposed in the Collier International uh, situation. Uh, So I'm going to, let's see what my time is here. 9.58, I'm going to go ahead and bow out now and uh, appreciate your attention throughout this show. And I wish you the best. Ward Command Center out. Thanks, production.